Good morning, and good morning to my friends in Texas. Uh, I'm not really a Cowboys fan. My parents bought me this shirt a few years ago on a trip of their own to Dallas, and it's super comfortable, and uh, plus the star is kind of fun. So uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, I'm sorry for the past 20-some years of failure and misery, uh, but best of luck all in the future, and uh, good morning. And uh, wherever you're watching this from, whenever you're watching this from, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Um, I want to ask you a question this morning. And you'll forgive me because we are in the end of, hopefully the end, of COVID life. So I'm recording this with my kids and my dogs at home. So you may hear some dogs or cartoons in the background. And just try to stay with me while you're watching this. But I want to ask you a question this morning. What would you say to the world? What would you say to the world if you had one last chance to tell them something? What would you say to the world if you knew it was your last chance to say something? What would you say? So, a few years ago, uh, I think it was about 2007, 2008. There was this professor named Randy Posh, and I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong, Randy Posh, but he was a professor, and uh, he came down, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and if if any of y'all have any experience in your family with pancreatic cancer, my heart goes out to you. I know uh, my grandmother actually died of pancreatic cancer, and she was actually relatively fortunate in the whole matter because uh, hers was caught pretty early and it really extended her life more than the average expectation. So um, just, you know, let's be in prayer for those who are dealing with pancreatic cancer personally and in their family. But anyway, this guy, Randy Posh, uh, is a pro- was a professor and he came down with a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer and was told he had three to six months or something like that of good living left. So there's this academic tradition called a last lecture, and it's basically this academic model of lecture where, where professors or speakers give this kind of like, what would I say if it was my last chance to say? What like what's the thing on my heart that I really want to say? So interestingly enough, this professor Randy Posh got to do one of these last lectures. Although for him, it really was it wasn't a metaphorical exercise. It was literally going to be for him perhaps his last lecture ever. So I want to play uh, a little clip from here, assuming I can work it out in the post-production here. I am in phenomenally good health right now. In fact, I'm in better shape than most of you. So anybody who wants to cry or pity me can come down and do a few of those, and then you may pity me. I'm still trying to do one (laughs) push-up in honor of your lecture. (laughs) Just one push-up. It was a lecture that took a university auditorium and then the nation by storm. 
We cannot change the cards we are dealt, just how we play the hand. In September, Randy Pausch, professor of computer science at Carnegie Mellon, gave what he called his final lecture to a packed auditorium. Make me earn it. My dad always taught me when there's an elephant in the room, introduce them. If you look at my CAT scans, there are approximately 10 tumors in my liver, and the doctors told me three to six months of good health left. The diagnosis for this 47-year-old happily married father of three, pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic cancer is pretty much the most fatal cancer of all. It is ruthless. It is brutal. Very few people beat it. Is it fair? I think it's unlucky. It's unfortunate. But I don't think it's unfair because I have children and I always tell them that, you know, if we flip a coin and it comes up tails and you called heads, that's not unfair. That's just the way the world works. And we all stand on the dartboard and, you know, a very small percentage of us are going to catch the dart labeled pancreatic cancer. Really insulates you from the why me, from the, from the anger, really insulates you from that? Yeah, I've read all the books and I'm supposed to be mad, right? And, yeah. uh, I, uh, I have never found anger to make a situation better. In his lecture attended by his wife, Pausch opens his treasure chest of life lessons learned. Your critics are your ones telling you they still love you and care. Never lose the childlike wonder. It's just too important. It's what drives us. Loyalty is a two-way street. Be good at something, it makes you valuable. You might have to wait a long time, sometimes years, but people will show you their good side. Just keep waiting, no matter how long it takes. Just a chance that maybe we'll find better days. If you lead your life the right way, the karma will take care of itself. He has set out to share and relive his dreams, documenting them with his family. Football with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A trip to Disney World with his family. The moments Pausch knows will one day be his legacy. I guess the question people keep wondering about is, do you allow yourself times of just curling up and blanket over your head? I'll just go down for the count today for a while. I'll allow myself down for the count. I can honestly say there's been no day where I sort of locked myself in the bedroom and said I'm not coming out. There is a sadness that comes when I think about my kids. The really strong emotions for me are they won't have me for them. And uh, that's where it's okay for me to say that's not fair. In the last few months, Randy Pausch has been practicing what he preached, living his life with his family to the fullest. And the metaphor I've used is, somebody's going to push my family off a cliff pretty soon, and I won't be there to catch them, and that breaks my heart. But I have some time to sew some nets to cushion the fall, so I can curl up in a ball and cry, or I can get to work on the nets. A very special Diane Sawyer Hour, the last lecture. Uh, but Randy Posh talked about really achieving your childhood dreams, really achieving your childhood dreams. And I, I think 
you know, he died around the age of his mid-40s. And I think for for men, especially white men, you know, around the, the time frame I'm in right now and the time frame he was in when he passed, you know, we're really wrestling with this midlife crisis in a way, which I think is a combination of mourning, the loss, the grieving, the fact that our bodies don't work like they used to, you know, for, for 15 to 20 years from age 15 to 35 or even 45, for a lot of men, we're just kind of this indestructible beast of, of a person who can do whatever you want. And then health and life and our bodies don't work the same way they used to. And we find ourselves in this crossroads of trying to figure out what we want to do and if we've achieved our childhood dreams. And this was what Randy Posh was speaking about. There's the dogs, neighbor dogs too, by the way. Um, but I was, as I was thinking about this idea of a last lecture, I was reading this text from the book of John, John chapter 17, verses 6 through 12. It's commonly known as uh, Jesus' farewell prayer. It's in a section of scripture that falls uh, before Jesus' crucifixion. So he's in the upper room with his disciples. It's the Last Supper, all that. And the book of John has a fairly lengthy section of Jesus just giving talks and lectures almost to his disciples in this last night, this last moment, these last hours before he would leave them at least temporarily for his crucifixion. So it's called, you know, it depends on your your section of scripture, your Bible might look at it differently. Sometimes sections, uh, scripture sections, headers call it the last prayer, the last supper section, the farewell prayer. But I want to read it to you this morning. And like I said, it comes from the book of John, chapter 17, verses 6 through 12. I'm going to be reading this morning um, from the Common English Bible. So it might sound a little bit different depending on what your translation is, but I welcome you to follow along. And there's the kids. So Jesus says, I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from this world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. This is because I gave them the words that you gave me, and they received them. They truly understand that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you gave me, because they are yours. Everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, even as I'm coming to you. Holy Father, watch over them in your name. The name you gave me that they will be one, just as we are one. When I was with them, I watched over them in your name and the name you gave to me, and I kept them safe. None of them were lost except the one who was destined for destruction, so that scripture might be fulfilled. Now, if you're wondering, this is not the point of the message, but if you're wondering who the one destined to be destructed, uh, that's, a little, that's a little hint about Judas that, the, that he drops in there. So if you're wondering, Judas was again the one of the 12 disciples who would betray him for the 30 pieces of silver. So, you know, as I was reading this section of scripture, I was thinking about Randy Posh's last lecture, and it came to me, that this was, in a way, Jesus' last lecture. Like, it was his last lecture. It was his last chance, if you will, on earth, at least for the time being, 
to say to his disciples what he really wanted them to hear. And as we're fortunate enough, even you and I today are fortunate enough to be able to have recorded for us some of those last words that he spoke for us even to hear his last lecture. It's almost as if, uh, I mean, this is not a great analogy, but go with me for a minute. Uh, it's like, you know, it's like our YouTube from 2000 years ago, right? Randy Posh's last lecture will live on perhaps into infinity, depending on, you know, uh, technology and whether there's a, you know, global, another global crisis or pandemic that destroys technology or climate change, who knows? But the point being, we have, in a way, Jesus' last lecture recorded for us here. And there's three interesting things that Jesus kind of does in this section of Scripture that I want to point out for you this morning. First of all, Jesus just prays for them. He prays for His disciples. And there's an interesting uh, verse later on, I didn't read it, but later on in that chapter, in chapter 17, where Jesus seems to pray for you and I. He prays for his future disciples. And I don't know about you, but as, as someone who counts myself as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, I believe that Jesus was praying for me and he was praying for you. But Jesus was praying for his disciples. Friends, as, as you're watching this, maybe now or later, I, I, hope, it's, I hope it's not news to you that, that our church mission gathering uh, Christian church is closing. And this is, this is for all intents and purposes, our last formal worship gathering, virtual worship gathering. This is for all intents and purposes, my last message, my last lecture. And I, I want to say that, that I'm praying for you. And I ask that you would do the same for me, that you would pray for me, that, uh, I want to, I wanted to talk about in a way this, this old Michael W. Smith song. I was reminiscing and Thinking back to good times, I watched this movie on Netflix uh, a week away, and they, they dropped one old 90s Michael W. Smith song, late 80s, I think it was. But one of the other Michael W. Smith songs I liked is something like Pray For Me. And I just, uh, I want to encourage us. I'll pray for you, and you pray for me. And I think we can really help each other out that way. So, again, the first thing Jesus says is, is to pray for me, or he says that I'll be praying for you. Excuse me. The second thing that he, he does in this last lecture is Jesus notes conflict and confusion. Now, again, what Jesus was hinting at with that thing about the destruction of the one who's going to betray him, Judas, is there's a lot of people, at least amongst his disciples who didn't understand what was happening. We know that Judas was betraying him. We know that Peter betrayed him twice. We know the disciples fled from the scene. There would be, in the hours that would unfold after this last lecture, a lot of confusion, a lot of conflict, a lot of misunderstanding. And friends, I don't know how else to say it, but when there are emotional-laden charged, complicated things that come to an end, there will be conflict and there will be confusion. Even in our own situation, we have not been, 
we have not been excused from such a thing. And I just want to say that as much as when we are in the state of grieving and loss, our emotions are high, we're more sensitive, we find ourselves misunderstanding and and being confused a lot, I want to say that it's part of the grieving process. It's natural. Jesus' own disciples did it. Jesus himself did it. So just trust that these emotions that you're likely feeling, like I'm feeling, this conflict, this confusion, I don't want to say it's okay, but I just want to say it it's, it happens. It's part of the process. And as much as we, we might wish that things could always be perfect and smooth, that's just not how we are as human beings. It's not how life is. So I want to encourage you to, to take comfort that Jesus knows, God knows, God knows this is what's going to happen. God knows how we are as human beings and God is with us through this unsettled times, God is with us. That was part of Jesus' last lecture. The third thing I want to note for, for y'all from Jesus' last lecture is that Jesus hands off responsibility for God's mission. Jesus hands off to his disciples responsibility for God's mission. I'm, I'm particularly appreciative of this this action by Jesus, because I think in times like these, when we find ourselves, when something is coming to a close, something that I know I've put my heart and soul into, and I know for so many of you, you've given your time, your money, your energy, your passion, and we don't want to see this come to an end, yet things are what they are, and things are out of our control. But the mission, God's mission, the mission that I believe that I was at least seeking to follow, and I know so many of you were too, seeking to follow God's mission in the context of Mission Gathering Christian Church Thornton. That mission, God's mission, is not over. And the responsibility to keep following God's mission is not over. How it looks is going to be different. Where you go to church to complete that mission is going to be different. The ways you seek to partner with others to do that mission will be different, but the mission is not over, and your job to complete the mission is not over. Neither is mine. My job to complete God's mission, to fulfill my part in God's mission, is not over. And just like Jesus said to his disciples that, hey, it's on you now, I don't want to say fully that it's on you now because it's just as much on you as it is on me, but... It is on you now. It is on you to continue the work that we did together at Mission Gathering Christian Church. It's your job to continue the mission of seeking wholeness for our world, of growing in the faith, of seeking good and justice for our neighbors. That's your mission now. I'm going to keep living out that mission in some way, and I encourage you to consider the ways that you can continue to live out that mission or the mission that God has for you. It may not be that specific mission, but one way or another, God's mission for you is not over. And I encourage you to keep living out that mission. It is on you now, as Jesus said to his disciples.
Well, as I said, this is in many ways my very own last lecture, and I, I want to, again, reaffirm my prayers for you. Prayers of peace and comfort, of blessing and prosperity and, and a future of hope and promise. I pray for you that you would find your purpose, your mission in a new context that you would continue to live out faithfully the life that God has called you to. Again, I want to just note conflict and confusion. In times like these, as Jesus himself said, things don't always go the way they seem. And when emotions are high and we're all grieving a loss, things don't go as smoothly as we want them to go. And it's hard. And I I just want to acknowledge that and say, it's okay. It's okay. And again, (laughs) encourage you to take responsibility for God's mission. It's on you now. It's on you now. So think about, think about this as you go from this time this morning or whenever you're watching this. This has been in a way my last lecture Think about what you would want to say if you had one final chance to say something to someone, to a group of people, to the world. What would that last thing be? Because if you can think of what that last thing would be, that might be pretty darn close to what your mission is, to what God's mission is for you in this world. I believe that my mission that my last lecture will always be something like this, being a pastor to people. And I know the context might change, what that looks like might change, what my paycheck to support my life might change, but I know, I know that that's my purpose in life. And that's always going to be my last lecture, to encourage people to follow Christ, to grow in their faith, to seek justice for the good of their neighbors, and and to love others. And I encourage you, think about what would be the last thing that you would want to say to someone? Like Randy Posh, what would be the last thing you would want to say? Like Jesus before his crucifixion, what would be the last thing you'd want to say to others? Because if you can think of what that thing is, that's probably pretty darn close to what your purpose, what your mission that God has for you in life. And follow that. Follow that mission because it's yours now. It's yours now. Let's pray. God, I just want to take a moment to pray for pray for the people of Mission Gathering Christian Church. In my mind, I can think of so many who had given their heart, their time, their money, their energy, their resources to support this mission. And even as this mission comes so close, I know that this mission is not over. And I know that you still have a part to them to play in your broader mission, just as you still have a part for me to play in that mission. And I pray for them. I pray that you'd give them guidance and clarity as they seek to discern their mission, where they'll, where they'll go to church, where they'll live out your mission. I pray you'd comfort and give peace and assurance 
to those who are feeling confused and conflicted, and I'm sure just as much as them as I am. And I pray you'd help us, help me, continue to carry and take the mantle, the responsibility to proclaim your love and justice in our world. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.